Woo, turbo. Hey, uh, uh, welcome back to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. One man, one tree in a hill. It's a podcast about being alone with your own thoughts, and we're not doing that. It's a time capsule of the marvelous people we've met throughout this world. I'm your host, two-time wrestling champion, stand-up comedian, Jared Waters. And before we start this podcast, this podcast is now sponsored, ladies and gentlemen, by Old Hillside Bourbon Company. Old Hillside Bourbon Company was a company created out of love for bourbon, friendship and camaraderie, the idea of quality time, great conversation, enjoying good spirits, brought this team together. Our vision is fueled by optimism, integrity, and sense of responsibility to build a successful household, a bourbon brand that people can cherish and love. Our story is unique. We're a collective group of individuals from different career backgrounds. This is our strength as we're able to apply our professional experiences to provide an unmatched service to our quality customers old hillside bourbon company sponsored this podcast so make sure you hit the website up we got the drinks they got t-shirts they got merch so hit them up they officially sponsored this podcast uh yeah so back to where we're going to answer emails and we're going to go uh the woody's roundup uh the new structure of the podcast might be a little different man uh i guess i guess finally realize that this pandemic is over it's uh i guess it's, it's kind of finally over I just read this article, 600,000 people in America died. So uh, my first pandemic, I think it was everybody's first pandemic. 600,000 people died. I've known maybe four people. Kenny Ortega, stand-up comedian, uh, one of the nice OGs when I was there, Spanish comic. Uh, he passed away through COVID. Uh, my grandfather, uh, the OG Perry, Bishop, Bishop Perry, he died of COVID. Uh, my boy Steve's dad. Stan, the man, Papa Stan, he died of COVID. And recently, rest in peace to my coach, Tony Earl. He uh, he just recently passed away. I don't think it was COVID. He had colon cancer or something like that. And it's crazy. I just saw him two years ago. And our text message is crazy. I can't post his text message. He sent me wild pictures. But it was his first time in New York City. And he was texting me like, hey, he's from New Orleans. He's from New Orleans. I think he's from like Shreveport. He said, what's up, Waters? What's up, Waters? I'm in your city. Where you at, fool? I said, text me where you are. I'll pop up and see. All right, we're going to be in Times Square. Let me know when you're there. So I get up there. He goes, boy, and we talked maybe, you know, 30 minutes about football. And he was telling me something. That, you know, sometimes I think in life it's good to get your perspective of you from a different person, right? Because I don't know what I was like. I only have my own personal emotions when I was 16 or when I was 20, when I was 40 and stuff. I'm not 40, but I'm pretty sure the people who meet me throughout different periods of life, know a different version of Jared that I've probably grown and looked past and stuff. And he was all like, Jared, man, when I met you, you the cockiest 16-year-old I met in my life. But, boy, you believed it, and everybody believed it with you. He said, boy, if you had, he said, if you said you're going to run into a wall, them boys is going to follow you running down to a wall, right? And we we, we talked. Uh, we took a picture together, and now I have the picture. And one of our last in, our last memories, you know, of just... Having a good old time, man. And sometimes this world is so precious, man. So precious. So rest in peace to all those people, man. This pandemic's almost over. And I'm not going to be honest. I can't lie. I'm going to miss the pandemic, man. I truly going to miss the pandemic. I was listening to this sermon. Hold on. Let me pull it up. Done for you because you don't know how bad the devil tried to kill you. Oh, Lord. I don't have too many people. You don't, if you had any idea, all the, all the angels that walk around you all the time, if you could even begin to get a glimpse of how God had kicked demons out of your way and kicked disease out of your way, even the things that got to you had been sifted, God has been protecting us every second of our lives. I was Bishop Rosie. Definitely not the clip I wanted to play, but I was listening to her sermon. 
Uh, she's down in Greenville, North Carolina. My pastor's from uh, when I was in college. And she made a good point about the pandemic. She goes, sometimes you have to go through things to find out who you are, right? I feel like a lot of people did pass away during this pandemic, but a lot of people were awakening in this pandemic. A lot of people left toxic relationships. A lot of people found a lot about themselves. A lot of people learned how to utilize time and realize what, oh, are you very rarely home, right? A lot of people took this advantage, right? <clears throat> and I can say what it done for me was, excuse me, it taught me, this pandemic taught me how much time that I really have. Like I, I like forgot that I used to stay out till three o'clock in the morning. Like with stand up, I get home at like two, then wake up at six and go to work and stuff like that. And uh, I realized for a long time I was going to work at twelve. But what this pandemic taught me was, it's crazy how I would say the show Survivor, right? The rules of Survivor is outwit, outplay, outlast, right? It's so crazy how these rules of survivor have came to like every phase of life. You know what I mean? I think in life you have to stay prayed up, whatever religion that you're talking to, right? But like stand up is what I am. I'm a stand up comic, right? And it recently made me realize um, what I do by night, you know what I mean? Do by day, right? I'm, I'm working. And like my company says, you know, through to COVID, da 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 da, nobody can get raises or anything else. Only 1% raises, right? So, me being the, you know, the player that I am, talking to people, and then, one coworker lets me know, like, I got a freaking $15,000 raise. I'm like, what the F, right? So then they gave me a raise. And sometimes in life, you try to be grateful for what the little things that you got, right? So then after you figure out that, you know, people are getting raises and people that you've trained, people that you have that you have more experience than are getting way more raises than you, right? Sometimes you, you start like, F, like, well, you know, you question yourself, right? So then I go back and ask for a raise. I ask for a number. They definitely say no and give me another number. But I was a little upset. And then, you know, I don't. sometimes I don't feel like, you know, God doesn't talk to me through, like, I don't hear his voice. But sometimes I think he speaks through me and made me realize that this, the raise that I was asking for, like, God had let me realize and know, like, you came to New York City to be one of the greatest comedians in the world and and to make the gift of a man to make room for you. The Bible says a gift will make room for you. You came here to use your skills and become a better stand-up comedian and make it in that craft, right? And if I put, if I bless you here, if I keep blessing you here, it could stop you from the grind of that. And I, I know he's probably not saying the grind, but I know he's saying like the money you're going to make in stand-up, what you're about to do is going to be way more, seven times more than what you're looking for over here, right? Now, in reality, I'm not hurting, you know, hurting for money. I do pretty well for myself, you know. In New York City, I live by myself. Minus, you know, my wife's living before that. Like, I have my own place, you know. I didn't need for anything. Uh, I was never to the point where I was broke, busted, and disgusted. I have always knew how to save. I know how to do everything else. So I'm, I live good, you know what I mean? I could live better, but I choose to live in certain quarters to just remember where I came from to hustle and hustle and hustle, right? So I'm sitting there thinking about it like that. And then I stopped for a minute, and I said, outwit, outlast, outplay, right? So I'm thinking about stand-up in this pandemic, and I'm realizing that it took a pandemic for the comedy scene to freeze, for New York City to turn into a bubble, right? Turn into this bubble. I talk about this all the time on the podcast. I talk to a bubble, and there was only maybe 30 players inside this bubble, right? Outwit, outplay, outlast. Comments went inside when it got snow. And I said, outwit, outplay, outlast. I'm telling my boy, little Matthew, I'm like, look, man, all we got to do is just ride it out, man. Write it out because everybody's watching this moment right now. Everybody's watching to see the comics we're going through. Never got COVID. I never got COVID. 
Never got anything else, double vaccinated, no symptoms, no anything, right? God willing, he just had his hand on me, like they said, and like Bishop said in that thing. And I'm sitting there like, man, it took a whole pandemic for myself to elevate, but it took me to realize, like, oh, wow, everybody's leaving in the scene, so I should stay. So now New York City's wide open, right? Stand-up comedy is back to where it started, right? Now, like people say, Jared, all the time, you know, you, you got a lot of shows or whatever, but I know people that get way more shows than me, right? But I remember coming to New York City four and a half years ago, almost five going this summer, right? Five, four and a half, four years ago, four and three quarters, right? August would make my fifth year in New York City. Drove my car, and when I got here, everything that I accomplished in Tampa didn't matter, right? Didn't matter that opened up for, like, Bobby Kelly. Didn't matter that opened up for one of the top comedians in the world. Didn't matter because I got to New York City. I had to re-hustle. I had to re like going to a new tribe and Survivor. I don't know why Survivor is such on my mind. It's like going to a new tribe, right? You got to meet the new tribe people. You got to look for immunity idols. You got to find what people you can make alliances with and everything else. And then after you make the alliances, you start getting shows. And I was like, when people was like, Jared, dang, you got all the shows. I'm like, dude, I remember when I wasn't booked, man. I remember when I was just at the city, just like, man, I'm just trying to get two minutes. And now I'm looking at my, my I write down every show that I did this year. Uh, my goal is to do 700 shows, 700. It was 500, then I, I moved it up to 700. That was my goal to do that, man. And right now, it's it's June. It's June, and I'm at, I'm at f- 237 shows, right? 237 shows at June. And I'm getting 15, 15 to 20 shows a week. I'm probably going to get to at least 600. Like the most shows I've ever done was 350. My goal is to get to 500, right? 500 or 720. That's my ultimate goal, 720. 720 means that you're doing two shows a night for 365 days a year. That was uh, my goal. So, yeah, man, it's just I'm at, I'm at a – I'm at a, maybe because my five-year mark in New York is coming, right, and now I'm starting getting the, the respect that I deserve and I've earned. But it took a pandemic, which I'm glad that it happened. I'm glad that it happened for people to realize, oh, wow, this is Jared's what it's about. Um and I was making this analogy with somebody, right? And it's crazy that the the lessons that you learn in life at the lowest points of your life, not lowest, but you learn about yourself, right? Uh, I remember episode 70, 70, uh, Birth of a Toxic Male, right? <laughs> I guess that's some of my favorite episodes, me being open, right? But um, when I got cut off the football team, uh, JV, cut off varsity, went to JV, right? And the most embarrassing thing was like leaving my friends, Right, I grinded just like them. I played football just. I'm lift weights just like them, and I'm like feeling the feeling of not being enough. Right, but the best thing that ever happened to me was experiencing that, knowing that. Okay, you didn't get this. So instead of sulking about not being on varsity, you need to make the most out of JV. You need to be the best JV player ever. You need to take these reps. You need to do this. You need to grind. You need to get as much time as you want. And you need to build the JV so the JV is strong. So when the varsity does come down there, you're ready to crack these boys, right? So I said, like, New York City's like that, right? Even though there's Comedy Cellar, comics, everything else. I was like, you know, even though I'm not in that club right now, I'm going to make sure that the JV's intact. I'm going to make sure every time a varsity player comes down to my level, I go up to their level for one night, I'm going to let them know what it is, right? I'm talking to this comedian. His name's Kareem Green. He's now he's a regular on Showtime called the Bushwick Misdemeanors, right? One of the best comedians in New York City. We're sitting there talking, and he's like, <laughs> during the pandemic, he sounds like Bernie Mac. Uh, uh, all the shows that you on, they tell him to put me on. How you got all these shows in the pandemic? What's going on? And I was like, hey, man, I'm hustling, man. All right, well, shoot, shoot, well, put me on. You know, he, he's, he's just a dog like me, right? And he's talking to me, and Kareem, he destroys his room, and he's telling me, like, even though 
a man ain't funny doesn't mean I can't address him as a man. Now, some people bomb. I'm going to address if you bomb. But even though the person ain't funny now, they might be funny later. They might be a funny producer. They might be a funny editor. They might be a funny writer. And you never know where you're going to see these boys in this business. So I, I realized, so these comments are like, Jerry, I know you're doing shows with people. I was like, yeah, so what? They might not be great comedians now, but I'd rather invest them in the future. So now, uh, it's just, I guess it's just one of those moments where you just got to be like, all right, I'm starting to, I'm starting to feel the, the gear shifting a little bit. I'm starting to see like the scene elevating. I'm starting to see like as all of us peers start rising, like I'm passing comedy clubs now, which is good. Like now there's a night where even if I don't have a show, I can get a phone call. Jared, can you come in? Boom. All right. Boom. That's another cash. You know what I mean? Now I've got all this cash. Over. I'm like a freaking walking like a stripper all the time. All this comedy cash. Right. And now it's finding the balance, right? Finding the balance, you know, having a wife at home, having, you know what I mean? Making sure we have planned date nights and stuff like that. And it's good. This is what I, when I came to New York, this is what I wanted to happen. I wanted like six or five shows a night. Now, finally, I get to feel what it's like, right? So the best is yet to come. Uh, I just had to get that out. The pandemic's about to be over, man. I guess, uh, I guess, you know, I'm just reminiscing about it, man. Uh, emails. Emails, a lot of emails about my dude, Jed Cass. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you to the people that listen. I appreciate you guys listening. A lot of emails about him. Please hit him up. I, he, uh, I guess I didn't know that question was disrespect. Well, sometimes you don't know until you ask. You know, I always wanted to know what was his name before. I didn't know, like, in his community. He just didn't want to tell his name. But it's very unique being a, a black woman and transitioning. You know, that's what I felt like, very unique. And, uh, you know, not knowing black people and him learning black people like that was very unique. And I guess I never thought, you know, for Pride Month, you know, I didn't, I didn't hit him up because it was Pride Month. I just hit him up because he was a nice person, you know. So my goal is the 27th. I think I'm supposed to be in D.C. I got to double check my calendar. If it is, I want to go down to D.C. and try to get in contact with my girl Tiffany Lyde and see if we can do a podcast. I'm going to see if we can do it. I'm going to see if they're available. If not, I'm going to be like, look, let's just link. Let's have dinner. Let's do this. And if you're free, let's let's light it up. Let's do it. That's my plan. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Jet Cass. That was a, a really good interview. We did it. I forgot what day we did it, but we, we did it. He was so open and so honest. And, you know, some of the stuff we edited, and sometimes I want to keep in there, you know, so he could, you know, it's, it's good stuff about him. Uh, another email. <laughs> when are we going to get back to One Tree Hill? Oh, this week. This weekend I want to start. I'm going to start it up again. Uh, we're going to do it. What's happening now is like since, you know, New York City is open now, it's not hard to record. I record Mondays is our day to record. Tuesdays we put it out. Uh, you know, the same same problem that we're experiencing now is that some people, when they hear their podcast, we give them like a preview. They don't like it. So we we go back, we edit things and stuff like that and then see what they're cool with and they're cool with it. We'll put it out. Right. Uh, my goal is to get people who are not entertainers. I think the best people on podcasts are people who've lived a life and they're not worried about a brand. They're just worried about being themselves, you know? So my goal is I got to go to, <laughs> I got to go to Missouri. Dang, my boy Joe just called me. I got to call him back. I got to go to Missouri uh, for my boy Joe. Uh, all of the stuff, we're going to keep doing Zooms and everything else. We're going to keep doing Zooms. Uh, very good at auditing. Uh, the auto editing, shout out to our producers, G-Double. All right, other emails. Um... A lot of people asking about uh, the people, the guests on the podcast from one through fifty. Uh, feel free to reach out to them. You know, feel feel free to reach out. They're they're the most chillest people in the world, man. Uh, 
we're trying to build up. We got a, a team like that. We're building th things up. So we get a lot of people that just want to come on. We get them on. That's what we're going to do. Uh, last thing before we get out of here, that was the last email. And then we'll get out of here with the Woody's Roundup. It's kind of short roundup today, man. It's more like a, a open open air discussion. That's how I felt about the pandemic. Uh, who do I think is going to win the NBA playoffs? Freak, man, I don't know, man. I had the Lakers beating the Nets. I thought the Nets were going to fall apart because somebody's going to get hurt. And I think this NBA season was very dangerous because no one had an appropriate time to rest. After they finished the bubble, they had like maybe nine weeks off or a month off to recuperate. It usually takes three months for these NBA players to do it. So I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to win. I think they're going to get hurt again. Kyrie just hurt his knee. Uh, KD's probably going to get hurt too. Everyone's probably going to hurt. It's going to be a team that you don't expect. It might be the freaking Suns. If the Suns make it to the NBA Finals and win. What the freak is supposed to happen, man? I don't know what. If that freaking win, that's going to be wild. But look, uh, this is the podcast, One Man, One Tree and Hill. This was my open. This was my time capsule, how I was feeling. And I guess we're wrapping up the first week of June, the second week of June. That's what we're doing, wrapping up the second week of June. Uh, the following week, that will be the 22nd. And the 22nd, we'll be dropping the podcast, Diamonds Are Forever, right? That's with my one of my new friends, Diamond, straight hustler. Mom was a hustler. Dad was a hustler. Really enjoyed that podcast with her. Uh, so insightful how she figured out life and how she's so head-driven. It's just freaking amazing. So be tuned to tune into that. Uh, feel free to email us. We'll respond back immediately. Uh, if not, uh, we got a whole team, and they'll send it to me when I'm on there, and I, I freaking respond when I'm on the train and stuff like that or when I'm driving. Well, I don't respond when I'm driving. But uh, this is the podcast, One Man, One Tree in the Hill. Love somebody, hug somebody, do the right thing, right? And if you ain't doing the right thing, freaking do the wrong thing. All right, take it easy. Hey, you're live on the podcast, One Man, One Tree in the Hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, as I just want to say, man, you the GOAT, man. And you're the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. You gotta break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. And then I said, and I said, uh uh, and I'm be the next Jamar Neighbors. Yeah. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters. And I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.